0: Good morning, and thank you for enjoying it with a six-pack, the Scani Six-Pack, your number one podcast for all things Wisconsin sports six days a week. I'm your host, Kedrick Stumaris, and you can follow me on the website, formerly known as Twitter, at Kedrick Stumaris, and follow the podcast, at Scani Six-Pack, for the latest updates in all things Wisconsin sports. While you are here on your podcast platform of choice or watching on YouTube at youtube.com slash at Scani Six-Pack hit the subscribe button, smash that like button, hit the bell. So you get notified as soon as we put a new episode in your feed, because we got tons of new content coming to at you very quickly. And today we are going to preview this big 10 matchup between the Wisconsin Badgers and the Michigan Wolverines. And fortunately we have an excellent guest that we're going to bring on now to do so. Kellen Voss over at Mason and brew. Thank you so much for joining us, Kellen. Uh, Tell folks a little bit about about your work, where where they can find you on the Internet as we preview this uh, elite Big Ten matchup coming up here on, on Wednesday night. Well, thank you, Kedrick. I, I appreciate it. I appreciate you reaching out to me over the
1: website, formerly known as Twitter, uh, to do this. Um, I uh, cover the men's and women's uh, basketball teams over at Mason Brew, an SB Nation site, uh, covering all things Michigan Wolverines. We got basketball coverage, football coverage, recruiting coverage, non-revenue sports. Uh, we, we try to focus on Michigan as much as we can, and there's been a lot of Michigan sports news, especially over the last four or five months Um, but unfortunately, uh, most of the news surrounding the men's basketball team has not been good. So we can uh, get into that a little bit today.
0: Um, yeah, not good is probably the way I would describe it. You know, I, I was looking at Michigan and Wisconsin, um, and settled on thinking about these two teams as coming from a very similar place last year as two teams that kind of were just Fringy, maybe not necessarily the first four, or the next four teams out of the NCAA tournament, but fringy NCAA tournament teams go to the NIT, each win a game or two. But then after that, nothing has been the same. Um, UW, of course, has responded by positioning itself as one of the best teams in the Big Ten. Michigan is doing something different than that. Last place in the conference, Michigan. This is this is what I found astounding. Michigan basketball has won one game since December seventeenth,
1: mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: and, and that one so- game
1: was Ohio State. So that 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 does that that's does good. give Michigan fans some some good. happiness, yeah.
0: <laughs> and then last time out, Michigan collapsed in the second half, allowing just an awful Rutgers offense, like bottom, like sub three hundred Rutgers offense by adjusted offensive efficiency according to Ken Palm, to erase a huge deficit in the second half and still lose by ten. I don't want to feel like I'm just rubbing it all in on you. So I say all this Ask like what are the vibes in Ann Arbor right now? Because I I find this all very confusing for a program that when Juwan Howard first took it over, seemed like everything was very, very, very much on the up and up.
1: Yeah. Um, The vibes are not good to put it simply. Um, It's, it's been, it's been real bad um in terms of in terms of what uh michigan basketball has been doing uh lately uh Juwan actually had a, a, a cup some very good seasons to start you know took the team to the elite eight uh took had another um team that barely made the NCAA tournament but still made the sweet 16 and the last two years have not been great obviously they missed the NCAA tournament last year I think there were like three and 17 in game decided by six points or less last year some crazy statistic and this year the wheels of all just kind of have kind of fallen off. They've lost their last five straight. They've lost 10 of the last 11. Like you said, they have one win since mid December. Um, They're just, they're just a really bad basketball team. And they're now literally at the bottom of the big 10 standings. Uh, Statistically, they're pretty much uh, at the worst or second worst in terms of all major categories across the big 10. It's been real bleak all season long. Um, I wish I could, I wish I could be more optimistic for you, but it's just, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a number of factors and they're just, the, the vibes are the vibes are not good. The vibes are not good. And I, I can't say that I'm um optimistic about this matchup against a really good Wisconsin team.
0: Yeah, I, I think I think the one thing that maybe you can hang your hat on here is no neither one of these teams, Wisconsin or Michigan, has won on the opposing team's home court since Valentine's Day of twenty twenty one. Even even wow. a year before. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit, a little bit surprising. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. I, I wrote that in a, in a piece before the season started when I actually picked Michigan to, to win this game, despite, you know, the the roster questions that Michigan has. Right. And, and yeah. I think that those roster questions have kind of reared their reared their head in, mm-hmm. in a way that have become pretty negative. Of course, a lot of turnover on the roster, Hunter Dickinson, the big man down low is gone. It all starts there of course. Hunter Dickinson actually, you know, transferring to Kansas, which is where my dad went to school, so I have okay. very very mixed feelings about that.
1: Yeah.
0: Um yeah. <laughs> but there's other other folks beyond Dickinson, Jet Howard to the NBA, Kobe Bufkin to the NBA. And in another way that I think these two teams were finished in the same place last year, but have gone different places this year. Wisconsin returned most of its production from last year one of the teams with the highest returning production michigan one of the teams with the lowest amount of returning production from last year's roster but i thought michigan added at least one really solid piece to the mm-hmm. roster and that's olivier Nakamwa, who who is a guy that i really liked going back to when he was at tennessee um so so what does this this big man bring down low for for the michigan roster and, and you know how is he trying to supplant that Hunter Dickinson sized hole at the center?
1: Um, well, I mean it's it's pretty it's pretty impossible to replace the hole that Hunter Dickinson left, right? I mean he was the leading scorer and the leading rebounder for Michigan all three of his seasons that he that he played. It's 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 unrealistic expectations to expect anybody to fill that void. One of the few positives of this season has been Olivier Komwa. You know, he he tested the NBA waters before this year, decided to come back, had a, really, had a really solid career at Tennessee, transferred to Michigan, and now he's in a role that he's never really been in, where he's kind of the go-to guy for Michigan in a lot of games. He's their second leading scorer. It's just under 16 points per game, playing more minutes than he ever has in his career. He's I'm just really, really impressed by him, especially offensively. He's really good. He he's a he's a really he's an old school player. Uh, he's very good in the mid range. He's very good in the mid post. Has a solid turnaround jumper. Um, he's he's very athletic. He can catch a lot of lobs at the rim. He's very good uh, in the paint area. Um, he, and just his experience, his his college basketball experience, has helped Michigan in a lot of games. There's a lot of games where he'll be the only source of offense for a large stretch of time. And um, it is he he's admitted that it's a role that he's never he's never played before in his college basketball career. He he admitted that to us after the Ohio State win a few weeks ago. But, um, yeah, he's he's a really, really, really solid player. Um, I think in an ideal world, he should be your third or fourth best player, like what he was in Tennessee. He kind of feels a little overstretched right now in Michigan. His defense has been okay. Um, he's really good at handling guys in the post, really physical. Doesn't protect the rim super well. But he's a good rebounder, good energy guy. Michigan's defense as a whole has been a dumpster fire. We'll get into that later. But um, Kamwa has been one of the few positives for this Michigan team. And I think that – uh, him and the other transfers, Namari Burnett and Trey Jackson have just been put into roles where they're, they're, they're in bigger roles than they ever have been before. And there's just so much asked of them with how badly everything else has gone with this Michigan team. But I think they're, they're working at disadvantage. They're batting with two strikes, as you'd say, but um, Kamwa has been really solid for Michigan and I, I, I enjoy watching him and I'm, I'm, I'd be, I'd be interested to see if he ends up getting a cup of coffee somewhere in the pros. You know, he tested the NBA waters last year and he's he's improved drastically uh, since since then. Um, could could improve his three point shot a little bit, but uh, he's a really solid player.
0: Yeah, I think about Kamwa in kind of a similar vein. Uh, like their, their games are pretty different, but one of the ways that you talk about he's not necessarily an elite rim protector. I think about he, him in the same kind of vein as Wisconsin starting center Stephen Crowell, yeah, uh, who who is a great starting center, isn't necessarily a rim protector, but like come what can sh- step out and shoot the three at times, right? 35 yeah. ish percent, three, three point shooter. And is, is solid. And you talk about some of these other, other transfer pieces along with him, right? feels like the, the plan for Juwan Howard was like Namari Burnett is a former McDonald's all American out of high mm-hmm. school, right? Very, very yeah. high pedigree. Right. Uh, rec- recruit feels like the idea for this roster was, Okay, maybe let's go out and get some of these, you know, once very shiny toys, and see yeah. if there's any extra juice that Michigan can pump out of them here. And it just hasn't quite happened yeah. in the way that you yeah. it
1: would. I mean, he—he's Jawan is a really good recruiter. I think he's in, in, in a in a college basketball landscape where a lot of coaches have not embraced the transfer portal. I think he's done a great job of doing that. I think he's done a great job acquiring talent in a vacuum. Like, all these guys on paper are really, really good. I just don't think the roster construction is very good. I mean, you look at Michigan's main rotation of, of seven, eight guys. Half of them are power forwards. That's kind of the disadvantage that Kamwa's at, is that, yes, you, you talk about Kamwa as a big man, and ideally he probably should be at the five and be your only big man on the floor, but he shares the floor with Terrace Reed all the time and Terrace Reed's a solid player, but he kind of has to share the floor with Terrace Reed based on how this roster is constructed. There's not a lot of time where he's not playing with another big in Terrace Reed or Will Cheddar. And I think that that puts him at a little bit of a disadvantage. I think his ideal role would be as like a small ball five kind of creating some offense and doing well in the mid post and that kind of a thing. But yeah, I mean the, the the knock on Jawan in terms of his recruitment is he's he's a good recruiter. Like there's been some like, you know, Caleb Houston, Musa Diabate are some of the highest ranks recruits missions ever pulled in, but those guys don't really fit together in terms of roster construction.
0: Yeah, it's almost and I and I know that I've talked about this in this conversation as kinda of as as the starting center. It's it's weird thinking about him not in that position. Although it just because Terrace Reed is feels so young compared to the right. other yeah. guys at like the two, three, four it, in the middle there where he, he almost kind of gets lost. It's it's strange. Um, But as we go from, you know, download the post, let's take it out to the perimeter. And there's, you know, the, the one shiny toy that Michigan has still on this roster is Doug McDaniel starting point guard, sophomore steps in for Jaden Llewellyn, who I know is still kind of trying to get his feet under him here, but it seems as always, there's just weirdness going on at Michigan over the last couple of years. There is this weird Doug McDaniel just doesn't play road games because he has this weird academic suspension, Mm -hmm. which which allows him to play home games and still be part of the team, but not play on road games, which is weird. Um, (laughs) But beyond that, Doug McDaniel plays out of his mind sometimes, and, and is yeah. I, I think probably the best player on this team by a, a step or two. I would um, agree. Yeah. Uh, okay, so although he is a young point guard, is mm-hmm. probably you know making sure that he does not overstep himself, making sure that he is protecting his NBA draft stock at this point. I mean, what what is what does this team look like? with Doug McDaniel and is the team's success tied kind of directly to his individual success on a game by game basis?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, the suspension you mentioned is very weird. It's very peculiar. Um, we got the, we got the thing come down on it. He actually posted about it on social media himself saying that he Mm -hmm. was going to be out for the next six games. And then there was a release from, um, from the team that basically said that he would be suspended indefinitely um with he's not he's not reaching team standards in terms of academics which if he's allowed to play and he's playing in home games and that would mean he's still eligible to play from an academic standpoint but he's not he's not meeting team standards in terms of his grades and stuff so yeah he hasn't been playing in road games um when he had he's been he's been the lone bright spot for them uh, a lot of this year i think he had uh, 34, 35 points in the Oregon loss and double OT, you know, he can just catch fire in an instant. He is, he's lightning quick. He's, he's got a really nice first step. He finishes around the rim really well. He's gotten a lot better at playing fast under control. Like he's done, a, he does a good job um, jump stopping and, and shooting and getting to the mid range, and making threes. And he's really one of the only catalysts that can create offense for Michigan, which in a, in a season as bad as it's been, like, that's been a crucial, crucial thing to have. And so not having him in road games, I understand why the team did it. Like, you have to have some standards in terms of your academics and stuff. But in terms of the on-court product, it's weird not having him in road games. And the offense just looks completely inept at times in road games when he's not there. Um, Jalen Llewellyn's been solid at, at times. He was a really, really nice player at Princeton. Has, has played a lot of college basketball. Mm-hmm. And he is coming off an ACL tear from he he tore it in the London game. They played against Kentucky last year around like the start of December last year. So he's just now like getting fully recovered from his ACL tear. And he's looked really, really solid. You know, he's, he doesn't have that burst that Doug McDaniel does, but he's really crafty, really shifty can move the ball really well, but he's not, he's not the shot creator that Doug McDaniel is. And. When you look at the rest of this roster, those two guys are really the only two guys that are good at creating shots for other people, and that is a concern for a Michigan team that has struggled um, to, to, to consistently create buckets. They routinely will have stretches where they'll go five, six, seven game minutes without a made field goal. I think against the, in the Rutgers loss, they only had six total points in the final ten minutes of the game. Like it will, the offense will be so so good to start the game. They'll, they'll get off to these super hot starts they'll be leading at the half and then the wheels will come off in the second half and you'll see the you'll see the by language go down and you'll see the woe is me looks and you'll see them you know banging their head against the wall offensively mm. and it never comes to fruition and that's been one of the more frustrating parts of watching this Michigan team you know they've had a lead in 20 here's here's a fun game for you I'm gonna see if you can guess this they've had a lead in 22 games this season at the half okay? okay how many
0: of those games do you think they've won well they've only won seven so oh goodness 22 and they've led and it, wait so they've led at half in every single game this year
1: no no they've they've so they've led so they've led at um yeah they've led at half i think yeah they've led at half 22 games this year or no 15 sorry they've let it have 15 twenty, sorry Fifteen of twenty-two games this year, they've led at the half. They've only won seven of those games. So they've when they're leading at the half, they only they have a success rate of less than fifty percent, which is crazy. Because most teams, when yeah. they're leading at the half, you know yeah. they can continue the good things going on in the second half, can 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 ride the lead they have. Every lead they have just crumbles in, in the second half. You know if you're if you're betting money line and the other team, uh, in, a, in, a team in a game that Michigan has it is, is leading, <laughs> you're going to be making a lot of money. That's it been hit the hit most pleasant thing ahead. about this Michigan team is they've been good to start out games, but they can never finish. And it, it's they've always led, a trouble in the second
0: half. They've led at the half in 15 games, but somehow still have 15 losses is quite exactly. Good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that is a lot of fun. All right. Yeah. Um, well, so in in terms of the other pieces on the roster roster here you know we started this by talking about the roster turnover kobe mm-hmm. Bufkin jet howard out to the nba you replace those pieces on the wing with uh namari bennett and terrence williams on the bench michigan doesn't have a ton going on granted wisconsin doesn't have a lot of uh, going on on the bench either michigan didn't have a lot going on on the bench last year i either right. but what what is the what is the effect of having you know th- this michigan bench being one of the thinnest in the country. And how does that affect them going, going down? Maybe, maybe that is part of the reason that this Michigan team struggles in these late game situations as they get into the second half.
1: Oh, it's absolutely part of the, part of the issue, right? Like, in, in you, you Michigan's rolled with an eight man rotation most of the season, right? And and when you take Doug McDaniel out of the mix, that's a seven man rotation. So any sort of foul trouble, Michigan, just Michigan just completely withers. And that's part of the reason why they've been struggling in the second half of games, Right. I will say Terrence Williams in his senior season has been a lot better than he. He's having a career year. He's shooting incredibly well from three. He's, you know, he he he's kind of he kind of lost his confidence a little bit last year and is is starting to gain it back a little bit. He's been really really solid for Michigan. But in, in terms of the bench, you know, you have Will Cheddar who uh, is kind of a tweener 4-5, or is shooting really well from three-point on a super, super small percentage. I think at one point he was leading the Big Ten in three-point percentage, but it was on like 20 shots. Uh, so mm. it's a super small percentage, but he, he hits them when he, when he can. Uh, Trey Jackson, he's been a fine wing, uh, can, can kind of can, can put the ball on the floor a little, defends pretty well, shoots the three okay. But that's pretty much it in a lot of these games. Llewellyn will come off the bench in home games. But on the road, he's starting, and then you you have Cheddar and Jackson as your two main guys off the bench, and that seven plays the majority of the minutes. You'll occasionally get some from Yusuf Kyat. you'll occasionally get some from George Washington, but that's pretty much it. And and I think that I think you're exactly right. I think that their lack of depth has been a big issue over this year and last year. And it's been a big any sort of foul trouble, they just they're forced to put guys on the floor who are good players in a vacuum, but can't, you know, don't fit well together and can't create their own shots. And it's just, it's just been a recipe for disaster in a lot of ways.
0: Yeah. I think that there's, there's two directions that a, a roster can most of the times be right. You can be not very deep, but at least you have some top end experience or you can be, you know, pretty deep, but you're deep with a young roster and, you know, that's good. And the bad, I think Michigan is in the very unfortunate position where Michigan is not very deep and it is barely top 200 in D one experience. According to Mm -hmm. Ken Palm, well, Wisconsin is not super deep, but at least has a lot of experience basically brought back the entire team last year. It's, Another one of this weird ways is that I think these these paths for Wisconsin and Michigan, you know, converged yeah. at the end of last year, but have diverged yeah. since. Yeah, um, and I
1: don't mean to be I don't mean to be harsh towards Michigan, but like the reason why Wisconsin plays well with a short bench is that Wisconsin can trust their top six, top seven guys. Mm. Right. That's kind of the ideal world that you should be in college basketball. You should have, a, you, you know, the old the, the adage can be sometimes. You know, play uh, play eight trust seven or play play nine yeah. trust eight. You know, I think Wisconsin's done a really good job of that this this whole season with AJ Store and a lot of the pieces that they brought back. Um, they've been super good at that. The problem with Michigan is the guys on the floor. You know, you you can't you can't trust them a lot, a lot of games. You know, with Burnett there will be some games where he'll in the in the St. John's game he went off for 21 points in the first half, and there'll be some games where Burnett will play. Um, 25, 30 minutes, you'll be like, "Huh, I kind of forgot that Burnett was out there. He's had four <laughs> points, six points, and he hasn't really done a whole lot." Um, it's just inconsistency across the board for this Michigan team, unfortunately, and that's and that's been another big issue. Is they they have a good offense and they can they can they can they can, they can uh, execute well at times, but it's ne- they can never do it for a whole game. They can never put together for a whole stretch of stretch of a game.
0: Yeah, well, let's let's get into what this game is going to look like. In just a second here, we're, we're going to take a quick break for our friends of the show over at TickPick, but then we'll bring Kellen right back. Um, want to tell you all about TickPick because TickPick is where I buy all of my tickets to every sporting event that I would like to go to. And In fact, I was looking just yesterday, and I, and I want to make sure that this is right because the number is a little bit absurd. If you would like to go to this Wisconsin Badgers versus Oh, God, it's gotten worse. This Wisconsin-Michigan game in Ann Arbor. TickPick can get you there from $2. $2 gets you in the door. All all in pricing at TickPick. I don't even need to click through to check out because TickPick does not believe in hidden fees. Uh, if you go to Tick Pick, the price you see is the price that you're going to get. And if you use my link that you see on the screen now, my link in the podcast description, I'm going to save you 10 bucks on your first order as well. So go to the Google Play Store, go to the Apple App Store, download the TickPick app, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, click my link in the podcast description, save 10 bucks on your first order of $99 or more, and you will never pay service or delivery fees for tickets to sporting events, concerts, ever again. All right, let's bring Kellen back in here uh Kellen two bucks to go to the Michigan game tomorrow is that is that money that you you think is better spent on something else
1: <laughs> I, I, mean, I, think I mean
0: two bucks to see this really good Wisconsin team and, and
1: to see a Michigan team compete for a go. whole first half I think is I think is a worthwhile purchase you know they'll play well for a, th- a whole 35 minutes of game time so uh, you, you, can't, you can't do that
0: not uh, bad Um, yeah, it's 80, 80 bucks to get into the the game at Jersey Mike's arena. This, this upcoming week weekend as Wisconsin takes on Rutgers. We have another guest lineup to preview that show, uh, later on this week, but let's, let's finish talking about this Michigan, Wisconsin matchup here. Uh, I think if we're talking about what is most wrong with this Michigan team, I think it starts with the defense and the defense doesn't force turnovers. They are a relatively good three point defense in, in terms of like, they don't let teams shoot many of them, but they, you know, let teams make them, but they by and large chase teams off of the three point line. I think that's maybe something that's good for Wisconsin considering Wisconsin has been in quite a bit of a three point shooting slump uh, of late. They went over 11 in the second half of Purdue uh, of the Purdue game. Didn't shoot them very well against Nebraska either. and took a ton of them. So What's going on with this Michigan defense? It's not that I've necessarily thought about Michigan in recent years as a, you know, defense first team by any means, but what's wrong with the Michigan defense?
1: Um, Can I say everything? Is that, is that a fair answer? (laughs) It's, it's, it's been pretty bad. Um, So on Ken Palm. They are the 186th in the country in terms of adjusted defense. They are allowing 78.8 points per game. Uh, out of 351 Division One college uh, men's college basketball teams, that's 325th. So they are 26th worst in terms of points allowed per game, which is not good. Uh, they are the worst in all of the Big Ten in terms of defense. Uh, They're giving up more points than anybody else in the Big Ten, and it's a number of issues. Right? Um, I think it stems from they, they they have bad. There's miscommunications all over the place. You'll see guys, you know, pointing and 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 ye- pointing and and yelling after. After you know made shots and and ones and that kind of a thing, they don't close out well. They don't rotate well. Um, in their on ball defense is not great. As as great as Doug McDaniel is as an offensive scorer, a lot of teams will take advantage of him as an on ball defender because a a lot of a lot of guards he faces are bigger than he is and can outmuscle him. And b a lot of he doesn't he doesn't stay in front of guys really well. So in that initial point of attack guys are getting in the lane and kicking it out and Michigan's not rotating and recovering very well off of that. They have size. They can they can defend okay and when when teams get into the paint, but you'll often see in these second half collapses where the wheels will come off, where teams will go on these 8.80 runs, 10 0 runs, and they'll all, all of a sudden shots at the shots of the rim will get a whole lot easier. And I think it's just kind of a compounding issue where once they, once they have a few mistakes, they just continue and continue to have those mistakes. They play really bad defense off their own makes. Like, once they mm-hmm. make threes and teams will just run down the floor and score almost instantaneously on them. They don't move up the floor super well. Their transition defense is awful. Um, they're They're just – they're really, really bad defensively. And it's – they've continued to be bad defensively all year long. No lead they have this season is safe partially because of how bad their defense has been. I think that's a big reason why they've lost a lot of their first half leads is they're unable to lock down the paint and unable to lock down the three point line. Like you said, they they don't give up a ton of threes, but the threes they do get over often wide open shots because they're not They're not rotating super well. Teams will move the ball against them, and they'll just give up wide open corner threes all over the place. Happened again in the Iowa loss. Happened in the Illinois loss. Happened. In, it's pretty. It's pretty much happened in every single conference loss this season. And it's been. It's been really, really frustrating because a lot of times you see defenses in college basketball improve as the season's gone along, and it's almost gotten worse as the season's gone along, which is just, which is just mind boggling in terms of to think of. I, I think that they just they're they're really bad execution wise and i don't understand their defensive game plan most of the time
0: well but other than that they're doing been, great <laughs> <laughs> well there's been times that michigan has gone to this zone at certain points of the year too which i don't understand why when you have like this this young team this young team that has yeah. some level of like talent and pedigree and mm. athleticism too mm. it's just a weird coaching decision but i think at I least think, it,
1: i it I think shows part of that team,
0: trying anything at this. Yeah, team. yeah. Part of that's just throwing crap at the
1: wall and hoping it sticks, right? They, yeah. they, they have they're 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 pretty like in terms of like on paper they're very long, they're very tall, they're a very big team, and so like yeah. in theory zone would work if they actually put effort into it and actually used it for more than a few possessions. I think it's just if it, they're just, they just try to mix it up to to, to try to keep defenses guessing, and their zone mm-hmm. possessions have actually been not terrible in terms of mm-hmm. in terms of defensively. But they don't stay in it for super long. And I think it's mostly just to cover up how terrible their man-to-man defense has been. I don't think there's a single, I, I, I'm trying to be nice here, but I don't think there's a single uh, Michigan player who's like a good on ball defender, except maybe Kamwa and occasionally Terrace Reed. That is is—that is one thing I will give Terrace credit for. He is really, really good at switching on the guards and guarding them in, 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 the, in, in terms of on ball. He famously, his first game last season that he got made big minutes. He uh, yeah, in the Iowa yeah. game, he actually guarded Chris Murray and was guarding Chris Murray like out on the perimeter for a large portion of the game. And that's when Michigan fans were like, "Oh, this guy can actually do something. <laughs> he's a he's a post player that's guarding one of the best guys in the Big Ten like this." And yeah, so he yeah. and Kamwa are really good in terms of their ability on guards. I think just the rest of the team just it's it's just it's like once they get a few once once the team gets a few easy buckets going and a run starts going. You see the bi-language drop. You see the woe-is-me looks on guys' faces. You see the defense just continue continue to collapse. And that's been part of the reason why Michigan's been as bad as they have all year long. Um,
0: well, fortunately, I think maybe the Wisconsin defense is is also the weak point of, of this team. It, it's certainly... I, I mean, I, I've talked about all year how if Wisconsin is going to win the Big Ten, it, it comes from their offense because the offense defense split in terms of, you know, quality and by the advanced metrics is, is just so much wider than the offense defense split by some of the other top teams in the big 10. Wisconsin is a far worse defense than Illinois, than Purdue, for example, despite Wisconsin having like this top 10 offense, uh, which has been interesting, but I think there are real strengths of the Michigan offense then for, for the Wolverines to take advantage of from the, badgers and we talked about before the show right michigan can kind of shoot some threes when when they want to shoot them they don't shoot a yeah. ton of threes uh but they mm. typically make them when they do uh what are some of the strengths of of this michigan offense yeah. how how do you envision them maybe being able to take advantage of wisconsin here
1: yeah i mean the one i'd say that the one of the one of the things that they are they are very good at is three point shooting. You know they they shoot thirty six point nine percent from three, which is actually forty first in the country. I think it's like second or third in the Big Ten. Like you said, they
0: yeah, they don't
1: shoot a ton of threes, but when they get threes, they they often make them. You know, Terrence Williams and then part of that is Terrence Williams been shooting really well. Will Cheddar's yeah, been shooting yes. really well off the bench. Trey Jet that 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 brings the number up quite a bit. Uh, Trey Jackson has uh, been been pretty solid there. Doug McDaniel is he he's like a microwave. He hits one or two of them. He he's gonna he's gonna keep shooting and he's gonna keep making them. Uh, Burnett's very hit or miss when it comes to that, but when he's on, he's on. Like I said, um, yeah, they they when their offense is clicking and when Doug McDaniel can get the drive initiated and they can move the ball and get a, and get a few passes and get to the open man. They 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 look pretty they look pretty fearsome right like they they on paper like there there are moments where it's like oh this team can actually do something right when you have Doug McDaniel driving you have Kamwa doing stuff in the mid post and you have three point shooters um at, like like helping to space the floor there the problem is we don't see that look super often there there will be they'll be great for those little three minute four minute five minute stretches and they'll go on a little run and an opposing coach will call a timeout and Chrysler will get really loud. But then they don't they can't sustain that. And that's been the issue is they'll have these little bursts where they're super, super good, and then they'll just go right back to their ways of, of turning the ball over and, and and you know taking they don't really take dumb shots a lot of the time, but like turn the ball over and missing shots and not getting the rebound and it, it just it, it just continues and continues to compound on itself. Um, this team just has the confidence of this team is just completely shot. And I think that's a big issue with this offense. But yeah, they're pretty good at shooting threes.
0: I think that the point you made there at the end about the turnovers is something that I noticed right yeah. away about this Michigan team, mm-hmm. where if you have kind of like the scatterplot X, X, Y access, Michigan is falling yeah. in this really unfortunate bottom left quadrant where the offense turns the ball over quite a bit, but the defense doesn't generate turnovers at all. Right. Basically it, it is this. I mean, kind of like we talked about how Michigan is neither deep nor experienced and is one of these places mm-hmm. where just everything is kind of compounded in the wrong way. For the right reads this season but-
1: i think they've gotten they've gotten better at taking care of the ball as the year's gone along but like you said they don't force a ton of turnovers, so that that doesn't really matter late in games a lot of the time um yeah. they, they have gotten better at taking care of the ball but yeah it, it has still been a sticking point with this offense so they'll oftentimes shoot themselves in the foot that's probably the one knock i have on, on Llewellyn is he he's he shouldn't you know I think his ideal role should be as an off-ball two guard who occasionally runs the offense. In terms of asking mm. him to completely play the point when Doug McDaniel is out, he'll oftentimes turn the ball over and kind of get overwhelmed by three-quarter court, half-court pressure, and that will lead to a couple easy buckets. That's how they lost the Maryland game on the road. Is Maryland just got got up in his face, got up to an eight-point lead uh, once the, getting off those turnovers, and Michigan never really recovered from that point. And that, that those kind of moments happen too often this year.
0: Yeah, I, I was looking at at this. You know, exact thing between Doug McDaniel and Jaden Llewellyn, and Llewellyn does definitely turn the ball over more. And like you said earlier, he's the number one point guard in some of these road games. Right. Went and looked at the turnover rate uh, on Ken Palm; he's turning the ball over almost twice as often as as Doug McDaniel. Yeah. Shocking. Yeah. Um, which, which but, is, especially
1: because right. he's not playing as much minutes too, so it's like you would think right. that he's turning over the ball less. But yeah, yeah in these it, road games when he's asked to play almost the majority of the game as the point guard, it is it it, it 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 will look good at times, but it will just like the wheels will eventually fall off. And when when he's out of the game and Burnett's ha- is asked to play point guard, oh man, that is you you want to talk about that's that is that is even worse when it comes to that. Um, but. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like I'm, I'm being the Debbie downer of this whole podcast. I, I just, it's just, there's not a lot of good to talk about with, with what we've seen so far this year, unfortunately.
0: Well, well, let's, let's try to make some good out of it. You know, Doug, Doug McDaniel is going to be available for this one. It is a home game for Michigan. Uh, let's, let's try to get somewhere positive for, for Michigan here because I, I think there is a path that Michigan can win this game. Uh, I, I think it involves them maybe trying to shoot a higher volume of threes, uh, and, and, making them but Michigan wins this game if what you know what happens one or one or two reasons here um I think Michigan wins this game if they make their three pointers right like they they shoot
1: better like like most teams they shoot way better at home especially Terrence Williams if they get out to if they make their three pointers early and they can get out to a, a 10 12 15 point lead at some point in the first half and, and and continue continue to build on that that would be how they win this game I am expecting some sort of second half collapse because that's pretty much happened in almost every single conference game they've played this year is some sort of second half collapse where the wheels will come off. Um, But uh, they, they need to, they need to play, they need to make their threes and they need to not turn the ball over. And I think if they do those two things, then they actually have a shot in this game um, offensively to compete with Wisconsin Um, defensively. I don't necessarily know if I trust them. Just the idea of having to have them guard AJ store is kind of scary, but Mm -hmm. um, it is, um, yeah, I, I I want they need to make their threes and they need to not turn the ball over. And if they do those two things, they have a shot. If they don't do both those things, they lose this game by fifteen or twenty points. And it's another embarrassment. And it's Juwan being mad in the presser, and it's just it's another it's it's another oh familiar territory for Michigan. So
0: Well, I, I think that's a recipe that, that could work. I, I think Wisconsin probably has a, a good recipe to win this game. I think it starts with getting Steven Crowell going. Is that a couple yeah. of rough games at, at starting center at these last two outings um, against Nebraska and Purdue, which, you know, both took away the paint, but Michigan doesn't have a seven footer on its roster. Right. Um, not a seven foot Steven Crowell. I think this is a good opportunity for him for a get right game against Michigan. Mm-hmm. If, if they can go out and take it, but that's what I would hope for a little bit of better shot selection by AJ store. You mentioned, obviously he he's a weapon. He got, he got a little bit benched in the last like two and a half minutes against Purdue this, Inter- this week. Yeah. Okay. Because I Greg, think Greg Gard, that, yeah. yeah. Greg guard got a little, uh, ticked off with AJ store about some of the wild shots that he was taking, which that's kind of part of his game. You have to mm-hmm. take a little bit of the good with the bad when you have a player who has that kind of burst, but right. Greggard has also kind of preached the shot selection question at, at more times during the year. I asked him in a post game presser back in December or something um, about AJ stores shot selection and his growth. And his answer was he's learning what a good shot is. Uh, I guess he has not quite learned that lesson. (laughs) yet. Yeah. Okay. Um, But I, I think it'll be a good test against, you know, maybe a, worst Michigan defense where if AJ Stewart can really drive to the rim and do something there, uh, that'll be good for this Wisconsin offense uh, to get a little bit, right. Get back on the right track after back-to-back losses. Yeah. Uh, Kellen, before we wrap up here, are there any other questions about this matchup you wish I had asked you or any other things you, you want to get off off your chest about this, this game before yeah. it, it's off Wednesday night? I think
1: we covered pretty much everything about this game. I wanted to ask you about how you feel about the long-term future of this Wisconsin team. You know, it's looking like the big 10 is going to get about six teams in the NCAA tournament. In terms of what you've seen, I like this Wisconsin team a lot in terms of what you've seen. Do you think this is a Wisconsin team that can make a little bit of a run once March Madness starts?
0: Yeah. I think this is a second weekend team Um, from from there. I I kind of took a a lesson from my dad, a handful of years back, which is, I think the the reasonable ceiling for the Wisconsin basketball program, given you know their recruiting limitations of being in Wisconsin, of not necessarily being a blue blood program, um, but having a, a relative amount of moderate success is I think the goal every year basically is to re- reach the sweet 16. OK, everything after that is gravy and uh-huh. are at that point competing against the best of the best. Um, It's not that this team is going to make the sweet 16 every year. I think that's an unreasonable expectation, but I think right. that's a good place to set a, Oh, this was a really awesome season. If Wisconsin makes the sweet 16, anything more than that is probably something you can't quite ask for. And I think that this team is, you know, set up for that. If they had one against Purdue, yeah. I, I think this is, we're talking about this as a real, elite 8 maybe even final right. four contender mm-hmm. uh but i i think this is a second weekend team anything after that is going to be awesome i think they could win a game in the second weekend i think maybe they could win two games in the second weekend if things break their way but yeah um I, i'm excited to see it i think even more long term i think this team is going to be even better next year they bring back everybody except for tyler wall uh assuming aj Stewart I doesn't player. go yeah, to the nba play uh, yeah um but i think things are looking Right in Madison, and if they can finish second or third in the Big Ten, get a double bye. You never know what might happen that 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 weekend leading into Selection Sunday. I think it should be a, a in terms good, of yeah, in terms of the last Big Ten team
1: remaining in the NCAA tournament. I think it's going to be either them or Michigan State in terms of what I've seen this year. You know, it's hard to trust. It's hard to trust Purdue um, in terms of in terms of their track record with upsets and stuff. I don't love this Illinois team. Nebraska is pretty fun. Northwestern's pretty fun. They could each win a game or so, but I think Wisconsin and Michigan state are the two teams that have the staying power to where it wouldn't surprise me if those two teams are just surprised just in the elite eight. Like it it would not surprise me if either of them make a surprise run. So
0: I am a Purdue believer personally. I I think Uh we've seen them against some of the best teams that we've considered at times the best in the country. They've beaten Arizona. They've beaten a Tennessee. They've beaten a Marquette. Um, And the the qu- bigger question marks about the team last year. Last year the conversation was, oh, they have Zach Eady, they have all these really yeah. young guards. Oh, now yeah. those really young guards have gotten a heck of a lot better. Braden Smith is maybe the best point guard in the country. Fletcher yeah. Lawyer is an awesome piece. Lance Jones is a huge upgrade on the wing for them. Oh, like, yeah. I yeah, I I think that Purdue team is, I mean, at least one big step better than it was last year. I oh yeah, at uh, like you know. Make your fairly Dickinson jokes, I, I understand, to the general populace, but like, right. I think this Purdue team is a different thing than it was last yeah, year. Yeah, I mean, this is
1: in terms of on paper, not to, we can wrap up after this, but in no, terms yeah. of on paper, I think this is the best team that Matt Painter's ever had in terms of Purdue, in terms yeah. of what they're able to execute, what they've been able to prove themselves in top competition. The fact they can play a guy like Mason Gillis off the bench just shows how good their starting lineup has been. And um, yeah, I wish I wish I was rooting for a team as fun as Purdue or Wisconsin because this <laughs> Michigan team is not very, very
0: fun to watch. Uh, all right, Michigan. all right. One last fun question I wanted to ask okay. you is that I, I came up with this little matrix here that you can see on the screen oh, that our okay. viewers on YouTube can see on the screen. Okay, the Big Ten unveiled its new scheduling proposal or new schedule right. format where they're going to stick at twenty games. You're going to play all seventeen opponents of the Big Ten but then you're going to have three extra games. sounds like they're going to rotate those three extra games year by year. I don't like that. I think what's the point of playing a home and home with every team in the big 10, whatever that is like six years. Then you play at that point. You're not even guaranteed to do that. I think take the giant big 10, do something to preserve some kind of regionality, some rivalry. rivalry. You're still going to be playing every team at the conference once a year. I think it's good. All right. So, Meanwhile, I've said let's have three permanent Big Ten basketball rivals. Here they are: for Michigan, I have you're going to play Michigan State, Ohio State, and Northwestern twice. That's a perfect. Year. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. okay. All right. All That's right. Perfect. We have a we have. A I perfect would stick it. I
1: would player. stick it at that. Um, I would think about throwing Illinois in Northwestern's place. There's been a weird rivalry with Michigan Illinois fans over the last few years. Yeah. Illinois fans, I'm sure you've dealt with this. Illinois fans for no reason at all are just extremely cocky about everything and it just it just kicks me off to all to high hell and they they, I think they had a streak where they never I I don't I don't think Dickinson ever beat them so that that they were they were in our mentions all the time with about, about that but um I would maybe throw Illinois in there but yeah Michigan State Ohio State and then Northwestern Illinois Probably would be fine. I'd be fine facing Wisconsin a lot too. I think they play well against Wisconsin. There's obviously the ski mask thing with Dickinson last year, and the <laughs> scumbag comments he made on his podcast. I think made for made for a little bit of a budding rivalry. But yeah, I think you, I think you hit it on the head. Michigan State, uh, Ohio State, Northwestern would
0: probably. That's be fine. good. I said I said before the season, uh, and unfortunately, some of the air has been taken out of it with the general state of Michigan this year I did say before the season this is the new hot rivalry in college basketball uh maybe it's just taking a year off I, I don't know I may, maybe maybe who knows <laughs> who knows but all right all right Kellen this has been awesome thank you very yeah. much for joining I know we've gone a little bit long but uh, take some time. Tell people where to find more more of your work. Uh, yeah. because I think that you're you're gonna have great stuff co- coming out very soon.
1: For sure. Thank you so much for having me, Kedrick. I appreciate your reach now. Um, and I, I I'm gonna now look at your uh, Wisconsin coverage more after this. Uh, that, I think this really fun, really good podcast. You know, all the podcasts where people go along, it tends to be good content. So, um, I would say uh, go ahead and uh, follow me at Kellen uh, underscore underscore Voss on Twitter. Um, I write for Mason Brew, mostly the men's basketball team, a little bit of women's coverage, a little bit of recruiting stuff, a little bit of football stuff, um, and then just check out Mason Brew the site as a whole uh, on SB Nation's page. We got Michigan stuff every day. Charlie churning out anywhere from six to ten articles a day. Um, if you're if you're a Michigan fan listening to this, I'd re- I highly recommend you go to our site. It's a great place to get free Michigan uh, news, notes, uh, uh, reactions to stuff, everything. Um, our podcast, Out of the Blue Pod. Um, um, has been really good. A lot of our, a lot of our, our, uh, M, our, our, podcast has been, have been solid. And, um, yeah, I, I'm, I, am i am not looking forward to this game because I'm expecting Michigan to lose by <laughs> double digits, but I am looking forward to watching this Wisconsin basketball team again because they are a lot of fun. So thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. Thank you, Kellen. Uh, we're going to wrap up here. Thank you all for listening for, to the Scotty six pack podcast. I've been your host, Kedrick Stumbrist. You can find me on the website, formerly known as Twitter at Kedrick Stumbrist. Follow the podcast at Scotty Six-Pack. While you're here, leave a nice review, five stars, kind comments. Really, really, really does help the show. And tomorrow, we're going to be wrapping up this game. We're going to be talking Rutgers later on in the week. Until then, on Wisconsin.